Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We are back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics. You know how we do it. We're going to talk a little baseball, a little football, maybe some soccer, anywhere in between. Who knows where we'll go this week, but uh, we will definitely be giving you some honest perspective and opinion. And we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun while we do it. The goal is for you to have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. We're going to dig right in. Uh, I am JB. And I am the one and only in Tuda. Oh, that's it. Oh, just that. Sorry. <laughs> you in did Tuda. this week. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing good, my brother. How are you? Oh, doing well, sir. Doing well. So we're going to get back at it this week with some more top five action. Um, Man, we always got to come back to the top fives. You know how it is. Absolutely. We're we're now in the outfield. We're going to start out left. Ooh. The top five left field. Let me tell you, this was a tough one. Oh, my goodness. It was. It was hard. Just the order. In, in, oh, my gosh. It was tough. Yeah. You know, I had at least one guy that I left off, maybe two that were very challenging. And, you know, this is one where I probably could have twist my arm. I could probably do a top ten. But, um, and yeah, like you said, putting them in order man um so let's let's get at it who's kicking it off jb you bust it out first all right bust it out with my number five left fielder of all time none other than the greatest leadoff hitter of all time ricky henderson hmm? ricky's 5'10, 180 pounds played from 1979 to 2003 so this dude played <laughs> played in four decades <laughs> golly yeah before Vince Carter. Um, Ricky yes, uh, batted 279 for his career, nearly 300 home runs from almost uh, solely the leadoff spot, a little over 1,100 ribbies, and uh, all-time leader in steals and runs scored, 1,406 stolen bases. I believe the last episode uh, mentioned you could steal 70 bases for 20 years in a row and still not break his record, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, he did have an MVP in his career, one gold glove, probably a bit underrated defensively, um, three silver sluggers. Ricky led the league in runs five times, hits once, steals 12 times. Surprise there. Uh, he also led the league in on-base percentage once and OPS once. Pretty uh, That was surprising to me. Uh, he scored 100 runs 13 different times. Had over 150 hits six times, 30 doubles five times, actually hit over 20 home runs four times. Guy had pop, man. Stole over 30 bases 24 times. Stole over 50 bases 14 times and over 100 bases three times. My God. Batted over 308 times. Had over 1,000 OPS twice in a career 820 OPS uh, for a guy that you consider, you know, top of the lineup guy, speed guy. It's pretty impressive, and I'd take Ricky on my team. I never was a big fan of his because I always played for the doggone A's and Yankees, but, man, I'd take him on my team any day. I'm quite surprised. Did you say only 12-time stolen base champ? Yeah, that's it. Isn't that crazy? Figured it'd be more. Man. I figured it'd be more too for well. Guy you had guys like Vince Coleman, seasons. Vince Coleman back in the day, and some guys like that too. So that's a good point, JB. Alrighty, uh, Ricky Henderson is on my list as well, but he's not number five. Okay, uh, Carl Yastrzemski. Oh, Carl is number five on my list. Twenty-three years on the Boston Red Sox. Woo. Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just be frank. He made it over Manny Ramirez because of his defensive adequacy on my list. Wow. Uh, seven gold gloves. This guy made 18 all-star teams, won three batting titles, and had 3,419 hits, a career 379 on base percentage, 452 home runs, JB. Wow. In 1967, this dude won the triple crown. He did. He won it. 44 home runs, 121 RBIs, 112 runs, AL MVP. In that 1967 season, man. But we know he could get it done on the offensive end, but those seven gold gloves are why he snuck on the list over 
a few other players. Um, he was also the AL home run leader, RBI leader in that 1967 season. Like it was just an iconic year for him that got him on my list. And that's why he's number five. You know, you know, my bro, I am glad that you had Yaz on your list because he was number six on my list and I really wanted mm-hmm. to talk about him. So I'm glad you did. I think yes. um, probably for left field, I don't value defense as much. And maybe I should. Maybe it's just a personal thing. But yeah, glad you glad you had him. And I do have Manny on my list um, as my number yep. four all-time left fielder. It was hard to keep him off just for his... Uh, the prowess of being a hitting machine that he was and yeah a lot to be desired defensively sure um yeah which i think he got away with playing a lot in left field in boston but um he's six foot 225 pound guy played from 93 to 2011 a career 312 hitter with 555 home runs and over 1800 ribbies somehow manny never won an mvp you know, and I kind of feel like, you know, how baseball writers are. I kind of feel like he was not necessarily well-liked, and that really was detrimental to a lot of voting. Because I don't understand, when you look at some of the seasons he had, um, he won nine silver sluggers. He led the league in homers once, RBIs once, average once, on-base percentage three times, uh, slugging three times, and OPS three times. Scored 100 runs six times, had 150 hits 11 times, 30 doubles 12 times, 30 home runs 12 times, 40 home runs five times, 100 ribbies 12 times, batted over 313 seasons, and had an 1,000 OPS nine different times. Manny Ramirez's career OPS is 996. I'm not sure if that's top 10 all time, but it's close. Um, and f- for the span of 1995 to 2008, which is really the bulk of you know his peak of his career, it's about 14 years, he averaged batting 317 with 36 home runs and 119 RBIs for that 14-year span. So, yeah, couldn't leave him off. Flipping hitting machine. Um Again, another guy I never really was a huge fan when he played, but can't deny the talent. So he's number four. Who's your number Definitely, four? Definitely, JB. And, and we can't go what stats those were, right? And he just barely missed my list. Right? Just barely That's how missed tough it. this was. You know, it really was, man. And my number four player, as I alluded to earlier, a guy who was JB's number five that made my list as well, Ricky Henderson. Ricky. And JB pretty much... Maybe pretty much laid out all the stats for Ricky Henderson at number four. So I'm going to go ahead to my number three Ooh. player of all time. Okay. In left field, mm. we're talking an old time great, Stan Musial. Stan the man. <clears throat> 331 career batting average. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> God. 417 on base percentage, 3,630 hits, and 24 all star teams. <laughs> The stats <laughs> are never ending. With, honestly, with the last three guys on my list, the stats are never ending. Yeah, I think we got the same top three for we sure. We do. We do. Of, co- of course we do. He won three MVPs Ooh. and finished second four times. So he easily could have had seven MVPs. <laughs> um, won four, four World Series with the Cardinals as well. JB, is he number three on your list? He is. He's my number three. I'm going to let you. I'm, a, I'm not going to take all, all right. the stats. JB, what, lot, what you got? Man, I got so many stats. I'm, you know Go I ahead, love my man. stats. Well, all right. I'll start for me. He was a little, you know, not as big of a guy as I would have thought because I didn't really get to see him play. Six foot, 175 pounds. Duke could just rake. I kind of think of him as more like, um, yeah, he hit home runs, but he was kind of like that gap, kind of a Joey Votto before Joey Votto with mm-hmm. obviously better numbers and more power, but. Just kind of that gap-to-gap doubles guy. Um, played from 1941 to 63. Uh, 1,951 RBIs. Guy just drove runs in. All right, so here we go. He led the league in runs, scored five times, hits six times, doubles eight times, led the league in triples five times. You know he had 220 triple seasons? Oh my and uh, 18 and another. Uh, led the league in ribbies twice, walks once, 
average seven times, on base percentage six times, slugging six times, OPS seven times. Uh. Crazy. And like you said, dude was an all-star every single year he played. I don't know. We have to look that up, but I don't know if there's... I don't remember seeing anybody else like that anyway. Um, he scored 100 runs 11 different seasons, 150 hits 15 times. Six times in his career had over 200 hits. Um, over 30 doubles 16 times. Over 40 doubles oh nine times. And hit over 50 doubles in a season three times. Wow. Had double-digit triples eight times. 30 home runs or more six times. This is, man, okay. It just never, it just I, never stops. Yeah, 100 RBIs 10 times, but how he hit over 318 times in yeah. a season. Seven, his and first guy, 17 years. This guy play. is number, and he's number three on our And he's number three. 1,000 OPS in a season nine times, and his career OPS is 976. Ridiculous. So, Again, I, I did I did a little compilation. I love doing this stuff. You guys know this. Uh, so from 43 to 57, minus one year. I don't know if it was like a strike year or maybe he was injured, but he, he hardly didn't have any stats. I'm sure you probably saw that. So what is that? From 43 to 57, basically 14 years again for Stan Musial. <laughs> he averaged every season for this 14-year stretch, which is most of his prime. He averaged batting 341 with 26 homers, 107 ribbies, 11 triples, and 41 doubles. I got the job done. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I got the job done. Man, what a guy. I mean, you what could easily make an argument for number one for him, you know? All, all the top three players, yep. JB, and you might as well go ahead with your number two because I'm guessing we have the same I, number two. I, I am. My number two is also an old-timer. Uh, Ted Williams. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. You know, he's a hitting machine of all hitting machines. I'll let you start off. You want to share share what you got about of, Ted? Of course. Uh, 344 career batting average. Um, this was a guy who smashed the ball. 521 career home runs. 1,839 RBIs. Wasn't a member of the 3,000 hit club, but it doesn't matter because... Nah. This dude had a 482 on base percentage. Crazy. 634 slugging percentage. He won six batting titles, two MVPs, two triple crowns. However, he never won a title. And people like to listen. Baseball's individual stat-wise, but when it comes to winning championships, you got to have a great team. JB, go ahead. I'll let you take it from there, man. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> 63205 uh from played from 39 to 60 minus 3 years you know he played really the the beginning when he's just starting in his prime he went and fought in the war for 3 years i think stan musial yeah. fought for a year um i forgot to mention so these yeah. two guys here you know are missing out the prime of their career to fight for their country which is crazy to me right. you know think about can you imagine somebody doing that today i don't, I don't know uh Anyway, so highest on-base percentage ever, as you said, and I believe he was also an all-star every year he played, so there's another guy. Um, he led the league in runs six times, doubles twice, home runs four times, ribbies four times, walks eight times, on-base um, yeah, on percentage 12 times, and OPS 10 times. Um, yeah. He scored 100 runs nine times. 150 hits 10 times, 30 doubles 8 times, 30 home runs 8 times, 100 ribbies 9 times, and he hit over 319 out of the 20 seasons that he played. Machine. Um, he, <laughs> he had a over 500 on base percentage in 5 different seasons. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> And how about Goodness this? Gracious. His OPS, which again, you know how much I value that particular stat. He was over a thousand OPS, nineteen out of the twenty seasons that he played. Um, this dude could just—I mean—and again, hitting's one of those things that I think translates throughout time. 
I think, you know, you put him in any era, dude just hits the ball. Um, and, again, put a little compilation together. His best his best seasons were really the first half of his career. His first mm-hmm. 10 years that he played, he averaged hitting 346 with 33 homers and 126 RBIs for every year. You could just put that on the board. Crazy. It's, crazy. It's beyond, it's beyond crazy, JB. And crazy beyond that he's crazy. not, you know, number one with stats like that. So who you got? Who's number one? Uh, Some guy <laughs> uh, named, some guy who, you know, has a lot of investigations done about him in mm-hmm. from about 2001 to 2006 involving doping. But yep. you guys, you know the story. We don't really got to go deeply into that. We're talking about Barry Bonds. Barry Best Bonds. player of all time, period. Best Ooh. player of all time, period. 298 career average, 762 home runs, almost 2,000 RBIs, almost. 514 stolen bases, 444 on base percentage, seven MVP seven. awards, That's including insane, dude. four in a row from 01 to 04. And let's get into the allegations a little bit because he won three of those MVP awards before the steroid stuff, leading me to believe that his stats wouldn't have been much different, you know, without all that stuff going on. Got it done on defense as well. Mm. Eight consecutive gold glove awards, 12 silver slugger awards, you know, and you kind of just talk about the situation a little bit, you know, when Bonds is saying that, you know, the Balco scandal, the rubbing the cream on and the putting the clear under his tongue. But the MLB tested and said that, you know, he injected anabolic steroids into his body and whatnot. I don't know who's honest. I don't know who's lying about the situation, but I do know this. Barry Bonds could rake and play defense and was going to be a beast regardless yep. whether he did that or not. You know, so that's why Barry Bonds is number one on my list. JB, I'm sure you have a lot to add. I do, and um, I don't disagree with any of that. That 514 steals, I mean, that just blows my mind for everything. You want to talk about the epitome of a five-tool player, you know, just all of it. I did forget to mention Ted Williams' career OPS is 1,116 for his career. All right, sorry. So, back to Barry. Uh, you mentioned kind of the career. Um, I'll go into led the league in uh, runs once. Only led the league in home runs twice. That surprised me, but I'll get to that a little more. Led the league in ribbies only once. Led the league in walks 12 times. Batting average twice. On base percentage 10 times. Slugging 7 times. And OPS 9 times. Obviously, all-time career leader in home runs and walks. Um, 100 runs scored in 12 different seasons 150 hits in 7 seasons 30 doubles 10 seasons hit over 30 home runs 14 times and over 40 home runs 8 times had over 100 driven in 12 times over 30 steals 9 different seasons mm-hmm. batted over 300 11 times and over 500 on base four different times. How about 16 straight seasons having over a thousand OPS? Oh my goodness! And his career again, that is insane. 1,051 OPS for his career. So, yeah, a little bit more inside the numbers for him. Um, he had seasons of 336, 46 homers, and 123 ribbies followed by 308, 42 homers, 129 ribbies, and 40 steals. I mean, like, you look at some of these just ludicrous statistical numbers, and this was with everybody fearing him, not pitching to him. So you, yeah, it's hard enough to hit the baseball. Hard, it, the hardest yeah. thing in any sport to do, and then you take into account – that everybody knows you're the best and they're not throwing you anything to hit and he's still doing this, right? That's right. That's right. They once it gets near the plate, he's bombing it. And the thing about Barry Bonds was that not only was he a very feared home run hitter, 
we've also proven that when he got on base, you also had to worry about him stealing. And you don't really see that combination no, of somebody who's such a slugger very often. And also being such a threat to steal base and a great yeah. defensive player, man. Um, like you said, the ultimate five-tool Absolutely. Player, and a couple other things just, just to kind of put in perspective. So the season he had in 1999, 60% of his hits were extra base hits. So doubles, triples, or homers. 60% Incredible. of his base hits in that year. And just for comparison, the best team in baseball this year, 38% the Yankees hits are extra base hits. And the best individual player this year, uh, Austin Riley of the Braves, uh, is just done just shy of 50%. So... Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really comes close. Like that's unheard of. Sorry. And of course, I did a little uh, more research from 1990 to 2004. Really, just the prime of his peak. He averaged batting 313 with 41 homers and 108 RBIs. There you and, go. And there was there you have it. Yeah, there. I mean, there were seasons when he was not on great teams and didn't have a whole lot around him, and he was still just producing like that so yeah i would maybe debate greatest ever i mean it's you there's no no doubt he very well might be but um definitely best left fielder all time i don't think there's much yes, of a debate there yes sir yes sir jb crazy that's good stuff Whew. top five left fielders of all time jb what we got that next was man? fun man well we're gonna bring back a little segment called what makes it good and we're gonna go a little off the beaten path and uh, take it to uh, a little personal, different level. We're going to talk about what makes a good man. What do you think about that? Uh, solid. I'll go ahead and kick it off, JB. Kick it off, you know. Um, I kind of made a list. I have nine. I'm just going to read oh, them wow. off. I'm okay. not going to explain them too much, but I'm going to read them all off because I have a list of six that I think are kind of general, okay. known, but three that are the toughest for most of us. Number one. He has purpose and knows what he stands for, driven by passion, right? Okay. Number two, he's selfless in his interactions with those that he loves. Mm. Selfless in his interactions with those that he loves. Number three, he understands that loving is a choice and not just an emotion. Oh, man, that's right? good. Number four, he's accountable for his actions and admits when he's wrong, right? Number five. He is a believer in Christ. Number six, he sacrifices for the greater good. So those are six that, you know, most people generally say, okay, those are very important qualities that a good man will have. Then there's three that I think are tough for all of us. Okay. Number one, he allows himself to be vulnerable at times when his gut is telling him to be tough. Vulnerability. Right? Wow. That's right. Number two, he displays humility, the humble nature, mm. when he has achieved greatness. Mm. Right? How hard is it for us to be humble when we achieve something great, whether in sports or outside Very. of sports, JB? It's hard to be humble when you haven't. <laughs> exactly. It is, man. And number three, he's okay failing. Mm. Right? We know we're going to fail in life, but you got to be okay with it. Yeah. Failure is okay. Not trying is what the issue is, Ooh, right? That's true, man. That's good stuff. It really is, man. It's okay to fail. So these are things that have just been kind of in my mind. Just gotta learn you know, more psychology, right? more more psychology type stuff, and yeah, things that I've struggled with at times. We all have, and things that you know, some of them obviously you may excel at, but these are definitely qualities that make a good man. JB, awesome what you stuff, got, man? Yeah, we're going a little bit of psychology, behavioral stuff lately. You know, still ties in and. Just trying to be a little more transparent with you guys. So let us know of what course. you think. Um, I, of course, created a little, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, acronym. <laughs> acronym, as I always do. And my first no one, um, I, I think we got a quite a bit of crossover here. But first one for me is mindset. And I tie faith into that. Obviously, for me, um, you know, my faith in being a, a, a Jesus follower Um plays a huge part into the mindset that I have mindset meaning being open being transparent and not being rigid in your thinking um, okay 
Secondly, uh, openness. Openness uh, to communicate, to share feelings, to be open to others' feelings and not have to act macho. Um, let's just throw that out there. Love, I think, as you mentioned, I love that you said it's a choice because it is. And I think you have to make that choice to love others. You may not always like everybody, but there's a difference. Um, we're still called to love others, whether we agree or disagree with people or not. Um, it's okay to disagree with people, um, but there's no reason to ever people right so of course mindset openness love and priorities i think you know having your priorities set uh there's a lot of us that get it wrong at times at different seasons of our life and we don't have our priorities straight you know for me putting god first family and then everything else and you know there's a lot of folks out there that don't have that structure and i've seen it be a struggle so priorities and you mentioned humility. I think that's a big one. And humility is pretty deep because it's not just even for people that are successful. It's being humble enough to admit um, we can't do stuff on our own, that we need help, that uh, we made a mistake. You know, it's not trying to always be right or have the last word or any of that. Humility um, humil- humility is a- about not uh, having to act tough, like you said, and um, yeah. just being willing to accept coaching and criticism, regardless of where you're at and what role you're in. So, I guess that acronym would be uh, MOLF. <laughs> that's right. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff, man. Well, that was fun. Hopefully, Molf. you guys enjoy our little uh, off the beaten path topics that we've been doing lately. So, so. Uh, Let's head that into a personal segment this week. You want to kick that off? Okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick it off. JB, the Lakers signing of Pat Beverly, <laughs> kind of, it kind of fits the mold of the type of player they desire. Mm. You know, I guess. He's top five in the NBA with lowest field goal percentage allowed as closest defender, mm. along with Giannis, Ben Simmons, AD, and Gobert. That's quality company, right? Wow. But it begs the question, JB. Who is he actually guarding? Hmm. And why would the Lakers need a defensive point guard? I'm curious to see how it's going to work. The Lakers have major backcourt scoring issues. Pat Beverly has a career eight-point scoring average. Yep. And with LeBron and AD guarding wing and, you know, post players, who will he actually defend on opposing teams? Pass first point guards? You know, not to mention... You still have Russell Westbrook and his contract on the squad. So I don't really see the use for Beverly, to be honest. Outside of more Hollywood spotlight or an attention-seeking guy who hasn't really won much Mm -mm. as the point guard in his career. So we'll see what Patrick Beverly does uh, (laughs) playing alongside Russell Westbrook, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, that ought to be a show in itself. He's a leader, though, right? You know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see uh, shoot that's good Le- leader of the leader of the clown squad yeah it looks like it so well i want to have a little education segment here for my personal segment and i would like to share with uh everybody who moses fleetwood walker is do you know who that gentleman is no school me so i wasn't aware either so shout out to uh buddy of mine for pointing this guy out and um so he was a a catcher born in 1856 in mount pleasant ohio and moses fleetwood walker was actually the first black man to play in the major leagues uh wow yeah crazy so there was another gentleman apparently that actually passed and identified himself as a white man but unlike him Walker was the first to be open about his black heritage and had to face racial bigotry in the late 19th century. Um, He played in 42 games, batted 263, and um, played for Toledo before he got injured. And um, after retiring, um, played some more in the minor leagues and was the last uh, black player to participate 
in the major leagues until Jackie Robinson officially broke baseball's color color line. Um, He became a successful businessman and inventor after that and was an advocate of black nationalism. Um, He and his brother jointly edited a newspaper called The Equator. And he published a book, Our Home Colony, in 1908 um, to explore ideas about immigrating back to Africa. So pretty cool uh, story that I was not aware of. Um, Definitely check him out. Look him up on Wikipedia. Um, Yeah, Moses Fleetwood Walker. JB, I'm going to look him up when I get opportunity. I appreciate that educational segment right there. I love it. Um, We need to educate the masses on how soccer has been going go. in the different leagues. U.S. men's national team, of course, yes. got the Premier League underway. Um, just a lot of soccer going on right now. I'm sure JB's is going to be it. much more healthy than mine, so I'll yeah. go ahead and start it off. You JB, the World Cup, well, we do know because you are <laughs> that guy when it comes to uh, schooling us on soccer. JB, the World Cup roster will be announced November 9th. Ooh. And I'm anxious to see how it pans out in the midfield with all of the all of the depth. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and Eunice Musa. Then you add in Kellen Acosta, Luca De La Torre, and then you kind of are like, who's gonna be, you know, maybe that last guy? Right now, they're projecting six midfielders, eight forwards, nine defenders, and three goalkeepers mm. for the 26. Right. Yep. So you're looking at Malik Tillman, Sebastian Baguette and Mihailovic yeah you know as being one of those three um maybe two of those guys Luca De La Torre being in that group who's the last couple guys in the midfield forwards wise JB Brendan Arison started off going crazy in the English Premier League yes. right off the bat you know JB him obviously Christian Pulisic Reyna Pepe Way Ariola, Jesus Ferreira and Jordan Morris there will be some notable names left off the 26 you know you would think out of that group though the bubble players so to speak are paul Oriola, ricardo pepe and jordan morris so kind of see those last few roster spots all good players like really good guys who can ball definitely have you know very specific skill sets that coming off the bench they could utilize in games and i really like jordan morris so mm. i really hope he makes it you know back line wise the guarantees, assuming no injuries, right, are obviously Serginho Dest, Jedi, Robinson, Jedi. Walk, Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long, DeAndre Yedlin. But when you're talking about nine defenders, after that, you know, we got Chris Richards, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of question marks, right? Makes me nervous, maybe. Reggie Cannon, maybe. Joe Scally. And then a lot of guys kind of vying for positions. But honestly, it's a good thing, right? Because when you got a lot of guys who kind of already expect to be on the team, the hunger may die down. They might not be playing, you know, at a high level in their True. regular season league and versus a guy who's really hungry and, and they're going to come out with doing whatever they can to get on the squad. So pay attention to that. Obviously, goalkeeper-wise, Zach Steffen, Matt Turner, and probably Ethan Horvath, but there's a couple guys waiting in the wings, so... We'll see how that goes, Jake. Yeah, man, I like I like the kid Johnson. I think he deserves a shot. So you're right. Yeah. The defense. Um, you realistically, you'll probably you'll have more subbing out of midfield and forward players. So I would say probably three or four out of those nine defenders may not even get on the field. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll touch on a little bit. I don't have as much national team like you said, man. Um. Brandon Harrison really just starting out on fire. Him and Tyler Adams, both like stalwarts for Leeds, who are having an impressive start to the campaign of the Premier League. Jedi Robinson mm-hmm. uh, for Fulham, another Premier League team, doing excellent as well. And uh, I really like uh, Malik Tillman, who you touched on. Um, he's really kind of a sleeper in my eyes, 20-year-old kid, leading Rangers to the... Uh, UEFA Champions League this year and speaking yeah. of, speaking of the Champions League the draw was released so um, I know it's been a minute but I'll touch on that we got the group of death this year being Bayern Munich Barcelona and Inter Milan all in the same group pretty crazy um, yeah 
Another tough one, you've got PSG, Juventus, and Benfica, all top-notch teams. I like Chelsea's draw. Um, AC Milan's in their group, but Salzburg and uh, Dagrev, not, not too worried about them. I, I see Chelsea easily getting out. Um, notable teams missing from the Champions League this year will be Man United and Arsenal, but um, we'll see if they make it back uh, to next year's tourney. Um, couple other notable items uh mexico's jesus corona is going to be out um which is a pretty big deal for them broken leg you know sad yeah, to see anybody that. get injured especially in a world cup year um and just a little bit of early it's probably too early really for much of an update on the premier league but as mentioned Leeds really starting off hot played chelsea recently and just kind of dominated them um and so they might be my other team considering the Americans on there. Um, Gabriel Jesus from Brazil really looking like maybe the best pickup of anybody right now for Arsenal as Arsenal is impressing out of the gates um, and Gabriel Jesus just going off. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester United and Chelsea all starting off slow. I mean it's really early. Maybe Liverpool's missing Sadio Mane. Maybe Chelsea's missing... A striker and um, maybe Man United is uh, missing some leadership in the midfield they just signed Casemiro from Real Madrid so we will see if he's gonna make a difference but again super early I'm sure you know Man City and Liverpool will probably be there at the end and uh, just hope yeah. Chelsea will but yeah World Cup is right around the corner so we will be there JB uh, sitting front row Popcorn ready. Popcorn ready. The game starts. Speaking of popcorn ready, I got my popcorn ready for some sports dichotomy. How about you? Man, I do too. All right. Yes, we do. Let's get it going. I'm sports dichotomy, one of America's greatest sports segments where we uh, ask each other yes or no questions. Could be about any sport sports related topic, and we give each other simple answers. Mm -hmm. JB, you go ahead and kick it off today. I have a good solid twelve. Yeah, me too, buddy. All right. JB knew the whole time that KD wasn't leaving Brooklyn. Yes. Yep, I did. UNLV's college football's turnover celebration is going to the sideline to a slot machine, and that's worse than the U's <laughs> turnover chain yeah. celebration. <laughs> I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Jesus. What are these kids doing? Um, Trey Lance will be a pro bowler as a rookie. No. Lincoln Riley will carry USC to the college football playoffs. No, nah, I'm not going that far yet. Okay. No is announced as the new manager of the Reds. And in a crazy turn of events, all players are eligible for redraft. No would urge ownership to take Shohei Otani first overall. <sighs> yeah. Of course, <laughs> why not? Pat Beverly is the point guard <laughs> that will lead the Lakers back to the Why finals. Why are you laughing so much? No, that ain't. No. <laughs> um, Darwin James recently signed a contract to make him the highest paid safety ever. Based on potential and what he's shown, the Chargers got it right. I'm going to say yes on this All one. Right. Man. That dude can ball. He can. Yep. Chet Holmgren will miss the season with a foot injury. From a pro-am game guarding LeBron James on a fast break. The NBA, in terms of NBA commissioning, should ban guys from playing in the pro-am. Not the teams, the NBA. Yeah, probably. If they're smart, yeah. if they can. Yeah, the players union. Uh, that was too much of an answer, yeah. sorry. Um, Ohio yeah. State or Alabama will win the national title in college football. I'm going to go out on a limb and randomly say... No, Ooh. I don't. I'm just saying that okay. randomly. I don't even believe it. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev as teammates is detrimental to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe, now back with Gus Bradley defense that he's previously played in, has been working on the Dwight Freeney spin move as he will be lining up in that position, and we can expect double-digit sacks from him this year. Yeah, I'm gonna. I hope, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, we haven't had a good defensive end, and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, 
JB regularly practices the form of self-care entitled, not caring what these clowns think about him. Absolutely. Of course, you got to give it to God. Yep, give it up. Uh, the New York Mets will represent the National League in the World Series this year. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Aaron Judge will hit 65 home runs this season. I'll, I'll say yes. Okay. You think he has like 15 or 16 yeah, more to go? Man, he's bombing them though. Um, Baker yeah. Mayfield will make the Browns rue the way they treated him by going off week one in Cleveland. I'm actually gonna say yes. I kind of hope yeah. so. That that they they had to have written that one. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Hey, listen to this one, JB. This uh, one's interesting. All right. Has named two different Michigan QBs as starters for games one and two. Yeah. Then he'll decide who's the full-time starter going into week three. This is brilliant. No. Okay. It's weird. I don't know. We'll see. If it works, it works. <laughs> well, you don't got one clear-cut guy. I mean, I think it's okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, Purdue football <laughs> will win double-digit games this year. Oh, uh, that's going that's, – I'm not going to no. say that. I'm going to say no. We, we, Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Ohio State athletes have surpassed – 1,000 NIL deals. They will Damn. consequently win the national championship in football this season. Because of that? <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll say, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was, I was kind of assuming most of those guys uh, were football yeah, probably. players. Probably, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, N.O. in a turn of events has named the new owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and oh, somehow gosh. all the players have been eligible for redraft. N.O., would select Patrick Mahomes with his first overall pick. No. <laughs> JB's fantasy football team will be dominant this season. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. I'm not sure who's listening this time, but uh, y'all going to get smacked. Um, <laughs> something not discussed in a while. JDR is the best coach in football. It's Jack Del Rio. No. Jack Del Rio. No, no way. I had, to th- I had to think about who You're it was like, for wait, a second. Who is that? The Oregon Ducks will be the next Pac-12 team to join the Big Ten. Oh, that's so stupid. Probably. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I just. Uh, they're, they're really vying. They're really vying to go to the Big Ten, by the way. I don't, that's crazy. The Big 47. Um. Brazilian midfielder Casemiro will actually make a difference joining Man United. No. Oh wow. JB, I, I just that was one of my random answers. Sure. <laughs> JB's recent abdominal exercise uh, work uh-huh. has led to him losing over fifteen pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Big time. Big time. Actually, stuff, man. since uh, I think I had, you know, you probably have heard this, the the sympathy. Uh, sympathy weight gain um you know when my wife was pregnant i think when we got married i don't know exactly what i was but i know from like my normal weight um i probably was up like 30 pounds so i've since the baby so since november i've lost about 30 pounds um slowly but surely so getting back that's excellent jb yeah yeah man that's good stuff and another finished segment of sports dichotomy mm. jb as we move on into jb's justo jb so i'm gonna ask jb a personal question first and then i'm gonna give jb a minute put a minute on the clock allow him to justify a sports related situation All right. and finally we'll do name the athlete jb are you ready i'm ready i'm ready to get after it here okay the most comparable thing about living in Georgia versus Indiana and the biggest difference, so kind of two-part, hmm. is what? Most comparable and biggest difference. Wow. Well, you know, I think immediately you think weather. Um, okay. Georgia, mm-hmm. you know. And, and now, I started here in April, really. Um so weather's fairly similar, I think, during the summer. But the biggest difference is going to be that I'm not going to see snow anymore. And uh, very rarely will it get below freezing here as opposed to Indy where you actually experience all four seasons. Um, 
there's a lot of similar passion for sports that's for sure which you know is what i'm all about obviously more people here in general i don't think another difference is i don't think from what i've seen and heard so far um at least in the high school realm with basketball where obviously indiana is known for that um indianapolis area just high school basketball you know who's your basketball it's top-notch i think athletically there's a lot of great athletes down here but skill the skill level is not the same uh, from what i've heard and seen so far okay all right that's a tough one yeah my bad that's good then good stuff look at that tough jb all righty time for jb's justo Uh jb Julio Rodriguez, the 21-year-old outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, got a $210 million contract, which could max out at $470 million. Batting 271, he has 20 home runs and 64 RBIs, and he has played in a total of 109 career games. JB, I'll let you decide whether he should or shouldn't have gotten this contract so early and why. We have a minute on the clock, and you can start justifying now. Well, I can see a reason to do it. Um, okay. Being as young as he is and kind of locking him up long term. And I feel like the league uh-huh. is kind of heading that direction, but I personally okay. don't agree with it. I think that he is not proven that yet. You know, it'd be like yeah. giving, it'd be like drafting a guy first round and just giving him a 10 year deal. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to. You got to show some um, some growth, at least after a few yeah. years. Um, I think that the length of the contract also scares me, and that's one thing I've always been against with some of the baseball teams. You know, you look at a contract that Joey Votto signed, sure, it's <laughs> the first half of it, it's great, um, and it's very comparable to what a lot of other great players are making, but by the time yeah. they come to the end of it, you know, it's like they're they're not what they used to be, and they're still making that right. huge money. So, and it's hard to get out of it if something happens, um, injuries, and he's already shown that he's a bit injury prone. So that scares me yeah. too. Uh, I would, I mean, I wouldn't have gone that long. Um, maybe a you know three, four, five year deal, and then after he proves it, then maybe. But yeah, that's too much for me. All right. Time's up there. When a little, let you go a little bit over because you were uh, kind of into it. But yeah, it, same here. Same. Here. You got to prove yourself a little bit. Yeah, definitely. All right, JB. Mm-hmm. Here we go with name the athlete. Mm-hmm. A Nigerian-born NBA player in the 1960s has four children. Mm-hmm. Two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Two-time NBA Finals MVP. One-time regular season MVP winner. Also went to three Final Fours in college in the 80s. Who is it, JB? That be Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. One of my favorite players of all time. Hakeem Olajuwon. The Dream. The Dream Shake. Led the Houston Rockets to back to back NBA titles. Did you know the second year they won the championship? They went into the playoffs as the sixth seed in the West. I didn't know that. They didn't have home court advantage in any playoff series. Wow. And that was the uh, <laughs> Sam Cassell was on that team. Robert Ory. Sam Cassell. Kenny Smith, point yeah, guard. Kenny. Robert Ory. Mario Ellie with the kiss of death. You don't you know what I mean. Hakeem the dream. <laughs> well, you don't often see guys like that that play college and pro in the same city, too, and have that much success, right? Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. The 1995 Houston Rockets, man, their regular season was, they were like 46 and 36, something like that. Huh. <laughs> and they were went crazy like in the playoffs. Or or they just got hot. Man, those guys got hot in the playoffs, man. If you remember that Western Conference final series that second year, they were playing, I think the Spurs were the number one seed. I'm pretty sure David Robinson was the MVP. Okay. And Sean Elliott, Spur- David Robinson. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Spur- the Spurs won like 62 or 63 games that year. And in that series, the Spurs won zero home games. Wow. Avery Johnson got uh, got locked down, I guess. Yeah. Houston, Houston won three games in San Antonio in that series. 
And um, then they swept the Orlando Magic in the finals. And the Orlando Magic were the number one seed coming out of the East. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, Shaq. It was crazy. Should have been Houston versus Indiana, but uh, we got uh... beat in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. <laughs> well, Another good show, yeah, JB. Got to got to transition from uh, being sad about my Indiana yeah, Pacers. Yeah, it was a good get one. Get out of that. Yep. Get out of that, man, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you guys as always. Um, continue to be do. blessed by the feedback and the positivity that you guys give to us. Um, so course, we're just thankful to be able to continue to do this. Um, we enjoy it, and we love to hear from you. Um, don't forget, like us, subscribe us on uh, TikTok, Instagram. Look for uh We'll probably have a new YouTube uh, post out as well here soon. Um, so share that as well if you can. And you can email us at no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com if you got questions, yes, comments, stuff like that. So we appreciate yes, it. Sir. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. See y'all later. Let's go. Sports Pedigree on deck. Who's batting? N-O-N-J-B is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask or last. We don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now, your list may have a couple different names, but really, there's no debate. Wait, the passion gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy too. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep Cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep Originality is the key We pick locks with open up, no nose It's been concocted, the segments are personal too Cause a sports podcast without opinion Surely no value <laughs> We gotta be great, requesting no favors World Cup, you wait for tennis majors NFL trades and baseball pastime Consistent on the mic, we don't get no halftime <laughs>